So we'll have to see that when we cover round <laughs> one, na- women's nationals hypothetical hypothetical tournament. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. I'm your host, Justin Bosch. And again, I am with me is my co-host, Jenny Hodge. How are you doing, Jenny? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing, Justin? I am really tired, but I'm doing pretty good because we, <laughs> we get to talk about dodgeball. Um, and today we have Marie with us. Uh, I can't say your last name. I'm not going to attempt to because I can't say any, I can't pronounce anyone's names. So how do you say your last name? Garig. Garig. Uh, yep. And we're going to do the South region now for our Women's National Championship. So the South has a little less teams than the West. The West has the most. The East has the second most. The South has four total teams, um, and we're going to be taking three of those total teams to our national championship. So we need to go through a bunch of these these teams, talk about them. We'll talk about the fact that you guys are the only region that actually played around last year uh, or two years ago. I don't even know what year. Sometime. 2020, ago. I think, <laughs> at some yeah. point. That was last one year ago, yeah. Yeah. So... Jenny, do you want to go through these rosters? Well, we're going to do the teams first. So kind of talk about the teams and then we'll go individually into it. Um, So if we kind of look at the South region, like we said, there's four teams. We look at last year uh, in in comparison to last year and then what would have been the 2020 season. There's definitely a lot of changes. I know that I managed to come out for one of the rounds. uh, I think it was South round one in the 2019 season. And um, during there, there was the four teams. It was uh, WMD, which is Weapons of Mass Destruction. <laughs> um, then there was Chaos. I believe it's Envy is how it's pronounced. And then Poison, which was a short name for that girl is Poison. Um, so if we look at the teams that had signed up to the 2020 season, we have one team that's coming back, which is Poison. Um, and then we actually have three new teams that kind of a lot of members on different teams had shifted around. Some teams had disbanded and these new teams have formed. So if we kind of go through this alphabetically, uh, the first team that we have is Hellcats. And then we have Lone Star, which I'm guessing is kind of based from the Lone Star Syndicate team that was the co-ed team and the open team last year. But I think they had disbanded for the 2020 season. Um, mm-hmm. We have Outsiders. And then, like I said, that girl is poison. Um, so they're the four teams in the South region. So continuing the same amount of teams, just changing a bunch of names and probably changing rosters across the board. Yes, I think from looking at the roster list on the different teams, there are a lot of reoccurring players. There are a lot of new players. Um, I think some people like traveling into the region. Also, some people from like local areas kind of making more of a local team. Um, and then... There, I noticed there was a couple of people that weren't, didn't sign up to round one. Um, and when I had talked to the teams about who was on their roster, they hadn't been mentioned on their roster for the rest of the season. So I don't know if they had stopped playing. Um, but it's, it's kind of cool to see that you can tell that the South is growing. Um, I think it was the same thing with the East region where even though we also had the same amount of teams kind of coming into the 2020 season, we had still grown, but it was just happened to be how it worked out. It was like, yeah. there's, 
not just six players on a team or like five players on a team. Now you're actually having these full teams and full rosters. Yeah, because right. if you look at all the rosters, you could make almost probably six teams if everyone went down to six players. Yes. Um, so that's definitely growth. I mean, I think, Marie, you probably would speak better. Two years ago, I think you guys did the first round of women's and it was like three or four teams of four, right? Yep, we started with four, four v four. So yeah, that, you're clearly growing, which is in the right direction, which is right. awesome. I mean, that's what we, you know, everyone wants is to have these things continue to grow. So it's definitely moving in the right direction. So I actually have a question for you, Marie. How did you feel like um, things had grown within the 2019 season and then the off season and then coming into what would have been the 2020? Um, that's a really good good question. I think um, in 2019, you know, I started out with full teams. Everybody had um, teams that they were going to play for. It, you know, in in 2018 when we started, everyone was just trying to fill teams and put them together, right? Um, just to make it happen. We ended up with um, originally three teams out of the DFW area and one out of New Orleans, um, but it really was working together, everyone talking behind the scenes to figure out how can we just get this to happen, right? Like who needs another person? Um, we'll, we'll find someone. Um, going into 2019, there was a little bit of a different perspective because we were able to field, you know, full teams of six. Um, and in some, I want to say in some rounds, we had five teams um, versus just four, right? So we were able to actually bring even more teams um, at, at six. And so we had a little bit more of um, a competitive nature. You know, you had Christy putting together weapons of mass destruction and her intent was to win, right. And to, to bring a solid team to nationals. Um, Val did the same thing with chaos, wanting to put together a team that was able to compete and win. It wasn't, it was, like I said, a whole lot less about let's just make this happen, right? Um, and, and a lot more about being real competitors. Um, and so, you know, I think there was um, a good showing when it went to nationals. Um, what they ended up doing um, was weapons of mass destruction and chaos essentially combined for the best team members and whoever ended up on, you know, in the first place, um, in, in the South ended up kind of being able to have um, more say more or less. I'm, I'm not sure. Cause it wasn't me. <laughs> it wasn't the one, who was making but from what I could tell um, the person who was captaining um, the first place team, which ended up being weapons of mass destruction kind of got to put the roster together. Um, and so, you know, they formed kind of a, a super team out of primarily weapons of mass destruction and chaos to go to nationals and they did a really good job. And then we kind of fielded a second team um, of other people to go to nationals as well. And I think if I remember right, we went as poison. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, coming out of 2019 then and looking into 2020, um, everyone really had a, a, a lot of time to figure out, okay, now what? And I think there were some um, because of how things happened with the two teams combining to one into nationals, that wasn't, I don't think the original plan, uh, mm -hmm. by those two teams, um, you know, that kind of 
was a switched gear at some point in the season. And so I think there were some feelings about that. Um, yeah. Everyone kind of came out of national saying, okay, now let's, let's figure out how we're going to handle 2020 and who do I want? There was a whole lot more about who do I want on my team to make it, um, a, a, you know, the best roster that I could. Um, Becca, as, as the leader of Poison, you know, really tried to find a lot of good um, people to play with her. And, and, you know, I think there are um, a competitive team, but also um, the happy team, right? I think they, they don't, at least from what I can tell, they, they try not to let um, competition get in the way of fun. Like they want both, yeah. right? Um, and so I think a lot of people want to play with them just because they know that it's <laughs> not going to be as cutthroat mean yeah. <laughs> um, as maybe it could be with some other teams. Um, uh, we, we got a team that came primarily out of New Orleans again. That's the Hellcats team. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not sure who was captaining that um, team but looking at the roster that was all folks almost all, everybody was from um new orleans um outsiders has wanted to have a women's team for um several years but um you know either kathy or i had a baby <laughs> each year and so um that certainly got in the way of us like putting a full effort towards you know creating a team and developing team a team mm -hmm. I certainly put one together in 2018 when we started women's but that was again more about like let's just have a team and less about putting a competitive team together so I'll yeah that's where you see you know the creation of Lone Star was going to be um the continuation of a super team, so to speak. Um, Outsiders was starting their team and then Poison was going to continue um, more or less with what they had. Though another big change that we saw um, going into 2020 was a lot of people wanting to play in the South coming out of other regions. And yeah. that was primarily I think a lot of people had traveled in 2019 and found it fun to come to the South and found it, you know, to be more welcoming maybe than they thought it was going to be and, um, a, you know, a more or less pleasant environment. Um, but also the other thing that kind of made the difference was the Team USA tryout component, um, particularly in round one where we were looking at foam and cloth. And so, you know, there was some people who were very specific about, Hey, I'm wanting to try out for team USA and that's why I'm here. Um, and then there were others who were like, well, you know, I want to be part of, um, team USA, if you want to consider me, but also I want to play in the South. So it's kind of a, a mixed bag of people who are, who are coming out. Are Lone Star, Poison and Outsiders all in the DFW area or based yeah. on the D Yes. Okay. I think. And like how much do you guys get to play or were you guys all playing together and practicing or no, so yeah, kind of previous to COVID. Yeah, prior to COVID. So um, the the Lone Star team, or what used to be WMD, was primarily out of Fort Worth. So mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of had that Fort Worth team. The outsiders um, are all in, in Dallas, and so what we would do, you know, we always played um, in Dallas. We played open plays here. Um, and then, you know, the, the other folks pr pretty much played in Fort Worth. And what we tried to do was put together a Monday night practice. So in, in 
DFW where what we would have is a Monday night open practice, but it was primarily competitive. We would play 8.5 and it was primarily the people who were playing in, um, you know, elite at the time. And uh, then we would have um, Thursday night, either a league um, that was put on by Dallas dodgeball um, or those would turn into open play if it was in between leagues. Right. And then Fort Worth, they would have rec social, which would be, I think, Tuesday nights, and they would do a league out there. Um, and so, you know, some people played all three nights. Um, we, it's, it's for us and most of the outsiders, it's like a, an hour and a half drive out to where they would play. And so yeah. that's kind of, it, it's not easy to get out there um, on a weeknight. Um, but, but like I said, what we tried to do for women in particular was put together while I'll say the men more or less were playing eight and a half uh, on Monday nights, we would take another court and play um, no sting um, to try and get, you know, an opportunity for the women and the teams to practice together or to kind of recruit new people and to play no sting. Cause otherwise we would um, most of the leagues, I don't know, leagues would kind of go back and forth between um, foam or no sting. Yeah. And I think that's, especially because if you look at the south team like we said that three out of the four teams are kind of in a similar area so if you do get that chance to practice together you're already getting an advantage than most of the women's teams that come from different areas of the country like i don't know in the east coast part there's some teams that kind of play together there's some teams that have probably three or four of that team that live together but there's not really a women's team in the east coast that get to practice together all the time it's usually just for like smaller tournaments they get a chance to do so so that's something that like what i particularly saw from when i came out in that round one uh it was like march of 2019 and then to what i saw you guys at nationals i was like wow (laughs) (laughs) like what you were saying like in comparison particularly to like they had so kept the name chaos for the nationals um obviously because of like the seeding placement um but when they did make that team um if people don't know we had covered it on um, some of the other episodes where we kind of talking about this nationals tournament but chaos had seeded second going into playoffs and i think they threw a lot of people off and like surprised a lot of players um and you could tell that there was a lot of teams that came from the South as a whole, their level of talent had just significantly, significantly grown from the years prior. Yeah. So it's exciting to see like when you're kind of talking about the teams kind of mixing around and we had thrown some names out there, but I think it'd be good to actually kind of get in, kind of go over who's on what team. So now we'll go through like the rosters and everything. And then we can talk a little bit about um, style of play, who's playing, um, and where we think inevitably they'll kind of rank in this nationals. So you ready to go ahead, Justin? Yeah, let's do it. And uh, okay. I'll let you do the pronunciations. <laughs> okay. Um, so the first team, we'll do this alphabetically. So the first team we have is Hellcats, uh, which as Marie had said, that is a team that's primarily based out of New Orleans. Um, so on this team, we have Cat Durrell, it's so bad. I know Kim because she's in Denver, but I don't know how to pronounce Kim's last name. But Kimberly, I'm going to say Gainey, uh, Emily Lockhart, Vanya yeah. Zafra, Alexandra Chetan, 
um, Ariane Thayer, Danny Kennedy, and Vivian Mathern. I've definitely said people's names wrong, but I did a better job than what Justin would have done. So oh, I'm not even close. I wouldn't have <laughs> been anywhere around any of those names. I would have gotten Kat Durrell just because I know her because she was from New York City, but that's it. Everyone yeah. else, not even close. You're like, um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I can barely read. It's okay. Yeah. But there's, um, so a lot of these players do come from the New Orleans area. Um, so like we said, Kat Durrell, she was a player that, uh, she was originally from uh, New Orleans and Louisiana, and then she moved to New York, uh, started out playing dodgeball and kind of the competitive scene on the East Coast. And then she had moved back a couple of years ago. And I know that she had played last season with Envy. Um, and then uh, Kim, who I mentioned is from the Denver area, but she is actually... Um, started playing dodgeball in New Orleans and then moved to Denver recently. So she, that's how she kind of knows that sort of area. Um, I do think that, is Alexandra from Texas? Yeah, she's a Dallas player and it's sheltered yeah. with an L missing there. Oh, okay, then that's, <laughs> that's my bad. <laughs> no, so yeah, and so that's, she, she primarily plays here um, in Dallas. Okay. So that's what I, I thought. And Vanya as well. So Vanya yes. is a longtime um, Dallas player. You know, we call her Happy Feet, um, but she's a Dallas player too. Yeah. I, I remember I got so thrown off when I came out to that South round and someone's like, Happy Feet, Happy Feet. I'm like, who the hell <laughs> is Happy Feet? feet. But uh, yes, so Vanya and Alexandra are from the Texas area. And then everyone else is pretty much kind of from New Orleans. Um, so they, they either know each other or have had some type of chance to play together. Um, I think new additions um, to this team, I know Vanya was one of the players that was originally on Chaos season prior. Um, so when I saw her name kind of come up on here, I was surprised that she'd moved over to that team. Um, and then Kim is just kind of new into Elite. But what do you think of Hellcats, Marie? So looking at this team, I mean, you talk, you talk about um, Kat and Kimberly or Kim having previous experience. Um, I'm less familiar with them and Emily and more familiar with kind of the um, bottom half of the roster as you have it listed here. Um, Danny has a lot of experience. Um, she's, you know, if you come across her, um, she knows what she's doing, but I don't like I think she caught a lot of people off guard the first couple of times that we played her um, because we didn't know her um, as much as maybe we knew each other. And so um, she's, she's a very strong player. Um, Vivian also has played for a long time. I think she didn't play in the 2019 season um, also because she had um, had a baby in there. Um, and so we didn't see much of her. This was the first time we saw her back um, Alex, you know, she's, she's been, you know, trying to learn more of the strategy of the game, um, and kind of the fundamentals, but she's got a lot of, um, spirit and heart. She's the one who had that video, um, where she did the splits playing with us, um, in one of the, that. <laughs> um, so, you know, she's got some tricks up her sleeve, happy feet or Vanya is, um, known as a catcher around here in Dallas, um, 
so, you know, they've all, and, and, you know, you know more, like I said, about maybe Kat and Kim, because you guys have played with them before, at least you've seen them. Um, but, you know, they've got the fundamentals down as a team. They, they certainly um, have the potential to compete. And, and if I remember correctly, um, they, they did, right? There, there wasn't any time when um, any of the games were just complete wipeouts, right? Um, mm-hmm. or, so um, they certainly have potential. I, what, I, what I'm interested to know, um, and one of the things that happened with the um, – the teams out of New Orleans in the previous years was they had a hard time keeping a like a single team together throughout the whole year um, or season. And so I'm interested to know like how that would have played out if they would have been able to keep this roster together or if, you know, just based on travel schedules and work schedules and whatnot, if they would have had to change people up each time. It's that was something that was like on my notes was that I like I remember so on the on that team that they kind of were last season that they it was kind of like uh, who's available to play can we can we get some more players so it wasn't necessarily a free agent team but it was definitely a team that didn't feel like at each round they were approaching with the exact same roster kind of on that team Um, so like I said I do have experience with Kat and Kim both playing. Kat, she's been playing Elite now. I think it would have been her third season was the 2020. And um, kind of how she plays, she does catch well. She's tactics and understanding the game more. Um, When I did see her play on that team uh, in the 2019 season, I did feel like she kind of took more of a leadership role and kind of helped guiding the team kind of to talk strategically. And I could see that that translated well from what she had kind of learned from her experience of playing with Arkham on the East Coast and on her East Coast women's team. And that was clutch mode at the time. Uh, Kimberly is actually, she's been playing dodgeball for a little while, but she's not been playing competitively. Um, I think this would have been her first year playing competitively. Um, She's one of those that she enjoys the game of dodgeball, but I, I think she's open to saying that she needs to learn the game more and kind of understand more of the kind of tactics. So I don't think she would kind of take a leadership role or be a breakout player on this team, but um, I think she'd be a good team player and that kind of works with this team. I do think out of all these players, they are more of a, a catching team, not necessarily play really aggressively. And that's something that I've noticed like oh, watching like on the Outsiders and Poison and Lone Star that they do kind of capitalize on that aggressiveness sometimes. So that is some kind of downsize to Hellcats. But Justin, what's kind of your opinion listening to both um, Marie and I talk about Hellcats? Well, I mean, it was like what we're, you were talking about Cat. I wonder if Cat would take sort of the lead, leadership role mm-hmm. just because she comes from Arkham and Arkham is such a structured team i wonder if she would have taken some of that structure from that and brought yes. it into a team um but then also you're saying vanya's played probably been playing the longest so i wonder if she would take more of a leadership role but most of these people are from new orleans so it's sort of hard to understand who would be the leader on this team and, and I vanya like- my experience has not um been one to take a leadership role in any yeah. team that i you know, I think she's a really good team player. Um, she'll play what, you know, the, 
the play is and, and she'll run with it, but she's not one that I've noticed to like jump in and lead a team. Yeah, I feel so. like dodgeball is such a sport where if you don't have a leader, things fall apart really quickly. Mm-hmm. Danny would do that though. Um, you know, mm-hmm. she, she, every time that she's been there, I've noticed her take charge. So um, I think based on how you describe it, anyone, you know, Kat or Danny probably could fill that role. Yeah, and I think so. And I think that's obviously like kind of dependent to like who's on the court at what time, what kind of positions kind of that take over things. So I do see that kind of coming from both Danny and Kat. Um, I wonder if something that even though they are from New Orleans, um, how do you think that they did, even though it was cloth and foam, how do you think that they did at round one? Um, so... From what I remember, you know, it was kind of the good matchups were between Outsiders and Lone Star and Poison and Hellcats. Um, and so, you know, they were in, in, in a really good competition with Poison and they kind of kept each other on their toes. I don't remember which one beat the other. Um, but so they kind of, and, and if I remember right, they kind of went back and forth, right, in terms of who was winning the rounds. Um, mm-hmm. So, and, and I'm sure they took some from us and Lone Star here and there, but they were um, not seated first. But, okay, so before, because obviously there's four teams, we're not going to talk about the rankings just yet. I think it'd be good to kind of go through all of the teams first and then kind of get into it more. Um, so we're going to hop on to the next team here, which is Lone Star. Um, as we said, this t- team is primarily from like kind of the Fort Worth, Texas area. If we go through the roster, we have uh, Jen Woodley, Christy Stevens, uh, Deanna Darns, um, Valerie Wen, Bridget Wenzel, Tina Rambaru, and Jackie Cruz. So what do we think of Lone Star Marie? So, you know, like I mentioned, this is the, the superstar team. They um, formed out of WMD and K. Um, Jen, Christy, Deanna, and Bridget all played for um, WMD um, and, and primarily played together. Um, Bridget is primarily a Dallas player while the others are Fort Worth players. So um, they don't necessarily play together like all the time, but, but they did for previous rounds, right? I mean, in, in WMD and previous teams, they all played together. Val is the new addition to this team. Um, I really don't know why she didn't bring chaos back. I don't know if her other players were able to um, or not able to join or whatnot um, this particular season, or if they just all wanted to come together and play. Um, But this is primarily WMD with the addition of Val. Now, Tina comes from the West Coast, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of those folks who came to play in the South this year um, for mixed reasons, right? And um, she was a great addition to the team. You know, she definitely knows what she's doing. She's, She's experienced. She understands how to catch and throw and, and whatnot. And same thing with Jackie, right? She also came um, from the West Coast and was able to be a good addition to this team. So if there were a stacked team, this is the one that, that we had in the South. Yeah. And um, so like Marie was kind of leading on to there, both Tina and Jackie are from the West Coast. Um, Tina Rambaru is, so she was traveling from the West Coast, but Lone Star would, was going to be her team. Primary team. So her primary right. team. So if they 
they qualified for nationals and were going to play. She was going to play with Lone Star. I know on her West Coast team was, I believe it was Harakiri. And yeah. um, she had approached that team being like, look, I'm only going to be here for the rounds. I'm not going to be here for your nationals team. So we know that she was going to stick with Lone Star Syndicate. Uh, Jackie Cruz is a player that uh, I believe she was on Ride or Die for the 2019 season. Um, and I'm not quite sure on her status if she was going to come out to every round or if she was just coming out to that round. I know there was a couple of Ride or Die folks that had come out to um, South Round 1. But she there's possibility of... Um, I had talked with Christy and Jen and Deanna previously, and they were saying about how there's possibilities of some of these West Coast players coming back and playing in, the, in right. other rounds too. Um, so yeah, I was kind of surprised when, like you were saying that Val was the captain of Chaos and the Chaos team, even at Nationals, like I feel like a lot of them were original Chaos players and then a couple of the WMD players that had formed that Nationals team. Um, so I was surprised to see Chaos wasn't a team again this year. And that was one of the points I was kind of alluding to earlier about players that I did not see on this roster list. And then who I did see was that I noticed there wasn't a lot of the original Chaos players kind of rostered on these teams. Yeah. So that's something that I was kind of interested to see that Val and um, the W&D girls had kind of formed together to then make this Lone Star team. Yeah, I think Val was one, um, not Val, but Chaos was one that um, had several people that were playing and then decided, you know, for 2020 that for one reason or another, they weren't going to play anymore, um, or at least for this particular season. So of um, like looking at the folks who are, who did come out to play in round one, um, the only two people that I see from chaos are Val and Vanya. Um, not looking back two years, I'm, I'm trying to remember <laughs> who, who might've also been on the team. Yeah. But, um, I know like Val had two of her sisters um, playing with her um, or a sister and a sister-in-law, one of the two or something like that. Um, and I think they both had, you know, other family commitments and whatnot um, that were keeping them from playing. So I, I, I wish I, I probably should have asked before I got on here, oh, no. um, but I think, uh, I, I don't know if it was, hey, you know, they wanted to have a stack team and Val would definitely belong on that team, um, or if she just had, you know, her original team wasn't able to play. Yeah, and and that's why when I was kind of saying like, oh, looking at these teams and like looking at built up, I, know, I also know that there were some players that were on Chaos, um, particularly as uh, Stephanie Parker, that she was originally south, but then she had moved to west, and then I think she was primarily just going to play on the west region because I know right. she's one of those traveling nurses. Um, and that was someone that was also a really strong player on their team by the end of the season. So that kind of like takes a nick out of their talent sure. level and that team altogether too. Um, but yeah, I do think that like you were saying, Lone Star is is pretty much a stack team. Like if I'm kind of looking at these players on the west, particularly with the addition of Tina and Jackie um who both have a lot of experience and talent themselves and I think it's kind of like what you had kind of alluded to at the uh, start of this podcast about oh now teams are trying to come together and be like oh who can be on our team so we can like we want to win um because I know I think it was WMDs like you were saying that their kind of goal for 
the 2019 season was to win, but in the end, Chaos won the region. So it was kind of like, okay, well now we've got this competition, we need to try and do it. So we want our team to kind of win sort of thing. So yeah. I do think that this is kind of the epitome of that coming into fruition. Right. Um, is this kind of merging of talent, merging of teams, and then creating this new Lone Star team. You know, they're, they very much have nationals, right? That was mm -hmm. their goal. So the three rounds are practice to get to nationals, but they fully had their sights on how, how can we perform really well at nationals, whatever that looked like, right? Because we knew it was going to look mm -hmm. a little different. Um, but I know that was a, a very real goal for them. Yes, definitely. But if we kind of talk about style of play, um, this is a very, they do play aggressively team. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of counterings, um, catching, good throwers on this team. Probably the biggest and, arms in the South, right? Yeah, I would, mm -hmm. I would say that. There are some on the other teams too that do have a lot of power, but- But the I biggest collection like of arms. Think, right. Yeah, and I think, if you talk about kind of all-round talent, um, I know Jen Woodley has her talent has like only increased as like as I had seen her from that last season, um, and I think that maybe they have worked out some of the kind of um, if you say like kind of chemistry with how certain styles of plays would go together. I feel like they have a good they would have a good chemistry. Um, so I know that Lone Star for the first round is South Run, uh, South Round One of March 2020. Um, they did win first. Granted, it was cloth and foam, but they did win first in both cloth and foam. Um, mm -hmm. How do you think that they played at that tournament? Obviously, obviously they won it, but <laughs> <laughs> but like, how do you think that they played as a team? Yeah, I, I think they um, had a really good showing, and and that obviously shows in their first place <laughs> wins um, in both categories. But what I remember well was um, they had adapted to the new players on the team or had the new players um, adapted. They had really thought through how they wanted to play. Um, they had figured out well how to, you know, use Val um, on this lineup. Um, and I think that may have come at least from the beginning with, um, the nationals part from the year prior, but they were practicing together almost every week when we held those Monday um, sessions, they would practice together as a team. They were showing up as a team. Um, and so they were working out, you know, who's going to play in which spots. Um, and, and they were able to be flexible when needed. I think one of the things about Lone Star is they're fairly disciplined, right. And, and mm -hmm. where they're headed and, you know, and, and how they're making calls, um, who's doing what, like they know what they're doing. Um, they have a plan and they try to execute it. So um, adding the couple new folks um, from outside the region in, it, it was um, just, you know, wholly beneficial for them um, because they already had a good structure going in and, and, and they kept it going through the whole, both or both divisions. Would you say they're um, a stronger team in no sting or... Yes, they would have been a better team even in no sting. Um, well, I guess I said that real quick. Um, I think they're probably even with um, foam and no sting. Mm -hmm. uh, they 
have played no sting in Fort Worth for um, probably longer or more than we have in Dallas. So um, they, they're pretty strong in both though. I don't know that one over the other. Obviously we were all completely new to cloth. Um, we, nobody had cloth balls or anything like that to really even practice. <laughs> right. I think done one or two for, for some of our, um, open practices, but, um, I think for no sting and, and foam, it's pretty even. And I feel like that's something that, because I feel like a lot of these players have been playing for a long time is that they're able to transition between ball types quite easily. Yep. Um, and that's something that can only help improve your game if you have that capability. Um, like I say, like you're not going to be the best awful player if you can't play well in every ball type. Yeah, I think learn. that's interesting about the South is, you know, I may have mentioned this already, we, we are primarily and have been primarily a um, region. And, you know, no sting has been new to us in the last few years. Whereas, you know, maybe the West, they've played with no sting a lot. And some people have been having to learn foam. Um, obviously, some of the folks who played for a while know foam too, right? But um, for us, we're very comfortable with foam. All of our yeah. local stuff has always foam um, mm -hmm. until maybe the last year. So, I remember uh, South Round One of 2019 uh, when we like, oh, we have enough time. We're gonna um, kind of fit in a foam division. Everyone's like, we always play foam, right? <laughs> <laughs> let's play more nose sting we always play foam yeah <laughs> and I was there like that I never get to play foam <laughs> um, right but Justin what's kind of your thoughts after like I know that you know some of these players but kind of us just kind of talking about the teams and then from what you already know I mean this is like you're talking about the consolidation of like the best team best players this has now happened on the east with Jenny's team and Royale it happened in the west with finesse I mean this and it's happened on the guy side as well I mean not that Outsiders in the South is mostly made up of you guys, well, your family, basically. Uh, but, you know, it's the best players in the South are all basically Outsiders. And it's, you know, happening a lot of the teams on the guy side as well. So it's not like a new thing that the best team sort of come together and have created like super teams. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not surprising that the best teams want, the best players want to get together and try to win nationals. So I understand yep. it completely. I think it's fair to say though, that even though we're saying this is a stacked team, they do um, have a lot of competition with the other two teams that we're going to talk about as well. So we can actually go ahead onto the next one, which is outsiders. And I'm going to leave this to you, Marie, to go through who's on your team and kind of give us a bit of a lowdown on outsiders. Yeah. So outsiders in 2020 would have been uh, myself, um, Kathy Martinez, Aurora Hashimoto, um, who is, you know, the sister of the Hashimoto boys. Um, and she uh, joined us this year. Desi Cruz is the fiance of um, Jake uh, on Outsiders. And um, in addition, we had Kate Gregg, who's my daughter. Um, and then we had a couple people join us just for round one. So um, for um, the kind of core team, it would have been, like I said, myself, um, Kathy, Aurora, Desi, and Kate. Um, 
we had, and then we also have an, another person, Lindsay Danielle, um, who, if I remember correctly, was there, um, but may not have been. I, I tried to, I have to go back and look at the picture. <laughs> going to play with us um, that season too. Mm-hmm. Um, she is not local to DFW. She commutes um, between Dallas and Waco. Um, so she has played, we picked her up from, um, some of the open plays in league, um, and invited her to kind of come out and join us this year. So if you, and then in addition to that, we had, um, Heidi came out and joined us for, um, uh, I keep wanting to say foam, a uh, cloth. And we had Chili from Canada play with us for foam. Uh, mm-hmm. so we had those two folks who, um, you know, weren't planning to play with us, I think, for future rounds. They were just kind of there for round one. Um, I think if, I, I know that for Chile, I think if Heidi would have come out for other rounds, she was, super, you know, very much welcome to come and play with us, but I don't know that that was her intention necessarily. Um, so, you know, for our team, um, we were a, a, a fairly new team playing together. Kate is 13 or she's 14 now, but she was 13 at the time. Um, so this was the first year that I kind of let her add in just like Logan joined with the guys. Uh, Aurora was 15 at the time. Um, and you know, Desi, this was her first time playing at all leading up to, um, round one, she had kind of joined some of the team practices to kind of get her feet under her. She's been, you know, her and Jake have been together for I want to say eight or nine years, something like that. So she's always been around as long as Outsiders has been around, but she's never really played. So she was kind of coming out and playing with us now. So this was really a, a new team. And Kathy and I obviously are, are fairly um, experienced, but everybody else was, was brand new. And we were doing that intentionally, not only to um, kind of start bringing new talent in, um, but also to help kind of the the women of the outsiders um get to play together more i think it's awesome i I love that you guys have like ingrown talent you're just breeding you're breeding you're breeding your outsider talent i think it's awesome um yeah it's definitely something that i was like oh yeah it was definitely like kind of the vibes of the outsiders teams what you see of both in the open team the co-ed team and then now you have the women's team so it's nice that you kind of have that um kind of the the family net kind of helping mm-hmm. you grow this team and grow talent into it. And then also bringing another generation of players into dodgeball and making them love it. So <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. One of the things that, you know, we were very um, aware of is, you know, again, Kathy and I are kind of the experienced players and that really worked for outsiders for co-ed, but, um, and we, you know, she and I could put together other teams or be on other teams together um, in previous years, but when we moved to three and three for co-ed, um, we knew as an outsiders team that we had to start doing something different, right? So we had a plan for co-ed and we never got to play that because we didn't, we didn't do that in round one. Um, but we knew we had to be more forward thinking in what outsiders would be. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. Um, <laughs> I'm going to be 40 this year, right? And Kathy's just a year behind me. So, um, if outside and, and our men outsiders are, are a pretty young team, so um, they have a lot of runway. We needed um, the co-ed side to be able to to join them. Is kind of how we were looking at it. But when you had guys who played at the South 
round one. How did I think you guys had come second in both divisions? Is that correct? I was uh, no, we did not do second in. Oh. I think we were third in um, in cloth. Correctly, okay. uh, but we came in second in foam. Um, and I was really impressed by that. I, I really didn't expect it, you know, again, being brand new um, for, for several people. Um, and I, I mentioned Lindsay was going to play with us. She also is new to competitive, the competitive side. She hadn't played elite in the past or anything like that. So this really was like everybody pretty much was new except Kathy and I. So I expected us to come out and really just start to gel as a team and get everyone the ex, you know um, opportunity to just understand what competitive dodgeball looked like versus maybe open plays or league play you know um start to talk about strategy a little bit but really can you know just help them understand what fundamentals needed to be to play together um but we came out um fairly strong um i and we actually went three and four um in the finals versus um Lone Star which I didn't I I honestly would not have expected that at all so I was very mm -hmm. impressed by how we were able to play together um and you know truthfully I think we probably could have taken even that fourth one but you know a lot of people know at this point um I I had surgery um to repair my spine um, just like three days after this happened um I was actually going paralyzed and I had an incident um in playing playing in that like whatever it would have been sixth match versus them um where i lost my function right and so i wasn't able to to move during a match um and so we went six you know i think it was they were oh, gosh i wish we had it right i wish it, we, <laughs> i think we came back i think it was like three and then we took three um, so we were on the momentum, um, mm -hmm. when I kind of lost the ability to move. So, um, I feel like we probably could have taken, you know, first if that hadn't have happened. And if that, I mean, I'm happy with just second, given where we came from and what we were doing there. Um, but I was pretty impressed <laughs> by our own showing, you know, you and your husband are bred different Vaughn told us that in the west round that they went to he broke his ankle and continued to play you continue right. to play with uh, an issue in your spine so you guys yep. are definitely you guys are different minded than most of us <laughs> yeah like battle through that kind of stuff right so then going into um cloth you know we played foam first and then we played cloth um and i at that point had to be extremely careful in anything mm -hmm. i did continue to play um and like i said none of us have ever played off before and i couldn't i couldn't risk um you know going all out at all I, I didn't even have the ability to go out out right so it was like for our team i think we came in third in that and that was fine <laughs> you're like i'm just happy to make it through yeah <laughs> yeah for real be done yeah i'm so sorry that that happened to you i remember like reading about it and then reading your kind of updates that you were saying that you needed the surgery and i was like oh my god this is so scary it was so scary. I mean, it happened all within maybe 12 weeks. I had no symptoms. There wasn't anything that happened to me ahead of that. You know, there wasn't a car accident or anything like that. It just one day in open play, I did a little push pass um, to Billy Schmidt and like fell on the floor and 
didn't have the ability to use my arms for, you know, an hour or two. And uh, it just progressed from there. So thankfully I was able to have that surgery. Like I said, it was the Wednesday after um, round one. And that was the same week that um, COVID hit and everything started closing down. So I was able to get in and do what I needed to do uh, medically um, just in time. Yeah. How are you feeling now? Great. I feel like I'm a a super success story. You know, there's so many people you hear about who injure their back and, you know, have, you know, the rest of their lives are are disabled or, Mm -hmm. you know, who get addicted to opioids or whatnot. Right. And um, I took two Tylenol the night I had my surgery just because I thought pain might come and never took anything after that um, because I didn't have any pain. I, I was able to, you know, do some rehab and whatnot to strengthen things, you know, that I had to, to work on from the injury. But other than that, um, I feel great. Have you been able to play dodgeball, um, during the pandemic? Uh, we, you know, we have had no dodgeball here, um, in DFW except for two sandbar tournaments. And the first one, um, I did not play. That was sometime last year. Um, towards the end of last year and I was not ready you know, like mentally to try and get out there and play I was very scared yeah. um, to do that um, so I used the excuse of like Vaughn was playing so I had child care duty <laughs> <laughs> I didn't play but we like we had a tournament here a couple uh, weeks ago and um, I did come out and play and I had a really good time um, and you know Aurora and I ended up winning for the women so it was it was kind of fun boop, boop, boop. I know. <laughs> you didn't feel like you had any pain or anything like that no I you know I was worried about playing on sand right where it's a little mm-hmm. bit less stable than something else no I, I didn't I don't have um maybe the strength in my throw right and, and none, of, none of us do and, no I, yeah I think everyone that's the biggest I don't know this is really odd to say given how much destruction COVID ha- had on every on the world right um but kind of for me it was outside of the pandemic right um it was kind of okay that everyone else didn't play because I didn't have to sit and watch everybody play <laughs> mm-hmm. while I was playing um everybody wasn't playing so I wasn't playing either and um you know we're kind of all at the same stage going back into it yeah I know it's kind of funny when you're saying that too is that like when you're saying oh some people there's a there's a lot of people that I know that were kind of like oh yeah 2020 I'm gonna take the year off yeah I'm gonna get into it and I'm like it's because you guys said that you're gonna take the year off <laughs> that now everybody has taken the year off <laughs> right so I know going back into it everyone's gonna kind of be rusty again yeah but um obviously like you're saying the outsiders obviously the exception of um Kathleen and yourself that this is a primarily a new team. So what kind of, like, what was your kind of dynamic? Were you more catching team, a throwing team, or was it just kind of figuring things out? It really was figuring it out. I mean, we we had the benefit of having, like I said, Heidi and um, Chili on the team with us in each of the divisions. So we had that extra person to help guide um, the newbies. Um, but really the whole um, intention there was to get them confidence on the court, um, you know, teach them when to throw and how to throw and, you know, to be comfortable to try and go for a catch or not go for a catch in certain circumstances. Right. And so Kathy and I 
Um, and then with the addition of the other two that helped us, we really spent our time trying to coach the others and encourage the others. I mean, especially, I mean, all three of them, Aurora, Desi and Kate, um, you know, were very kind of shy to play. The confidence mm -hmm. was a thing. And so we were trying to encourage them. You know, I think Desi ended up making a couple catches and um, Aurora, you know, was certainly um, lived up to her name <laughs> as a Hashimoto, right? And she <laughs> kind of jumped on the court and did what she had to do. So we were, we were there um, really just trying to encourage them and say, oh yeah, great, you know, good catch or, you know, good throw, you know, that kind of thing. Um, it was all about kind of encouragement and team building for round one. That's nice to see too, especially when you're trying to grow the South and having that talent. You don't want people to be like, there's a lot of cases where new women's teams kind of come to an area of their first tournament and then they're going up against like these stacked teams and then it can put them off because they don't get a chance to grow. Um, right. But it's nice that you kind of have a different environment where you it almost encourages, like in the South, you encourage growth and development with a lot of players. Um, yeah. But I think that's a, a good way to kind of tie up then the outsiders team there. Um, we'll go into the last team that we have, which is uh, that girl is Poison. Um, so like I said, this is the only team that's kind of same name, recurring team. They do have some new additional players. Yep. Um, some players had left the team and I think that they were kind of taking the year off. Um, but if we kind of go through the roster, um, we have um, uh, Becca May, Whitney Pittman, Brittany Anderson, um, Juana Maldon uh, Maldonado, um, Mailing Chung, Lindsay Keats, Keats? I don't know. It's K-I-E-T-E-G-E-S. There you go. <laughs> oh, Keats. And then Keats. And then, like we were saying, for round one, Heidi uh, Chu did play with Outsiders for Cloth, but she played Foam with Poison. So she was listed on this roster list. And I think she had kind of mentioned that she wanted to travel more and like kind of play in the South too. So I don't know where she would have played, but just to mention for, for South round one, she had played on that team for Foam. Um, and I think Mei, Mei Ling Chung was a West Coast player too. And so is Whitney Pittman. Uh, Poison was Whitney's team last year. And I think that this was gonna be the same scenario for the 2020 season too. Um, so that's kind of Poison. So what do we think of Poison? So Becca was trying to um, really put together a strong team this year. I know she was making a concerted effort to do that um, in previous in the previous two years, she really was one that um, found a home for anybody. And again, because we were trying to grow the league, her team ended up kind of being the one where people would be thrown onto, or you know, if they could play one round but not the next round, they ended up on poison. Um, and so she really didn't have as much of an opportunity in the past couple of years to grow and develop her team, um, but she really cares about her team and she really cares about doing well. Um, and so I know that that was one of the things she was trying to do for this year. So if you look at her roster, um, she, I, I'm unfortunately don't know Lindsay. Um, I'm not sure who that is, but all of the She's other ones. a Seattle player that, um, 
I think that's how I think there was a connection because I think Whitney is also a Seattle player. So that makes they might know each other. Yeah. So, um, you know, Becca obviously has played. She's from Fort Worth. Um, Whitney, like you said, had had declared herself a, a South player um, for even the previous year. So she was, I think, committed to to continuing to play down here and, you know, as a, as a strong player. Um, Brittany, I believe, has played in Dallas, um, but she may have been in Fort Worth. I'm trying to remember where where she kind of came up from. Um, but she's played off and on over the last few years as well. Juana is, is somebody who's been around Dallas dodgeball for, for a really long time. She didn't really play much in 2019. Um, and, you know, my question on her was how committed she was to playing the full season. I, I just don't know the answer to that. Um, she's somebody who can um, be really good. Um, and then, you know, have her moments where she may not do as well um but I think she was a, a good ad for for Becca um Mei Ling I, I think intended to play um in the south um all the time she's been coming to as many south things as um mm. and I think in the last two years and so I think in 2020 she definitely intended to be part of a south team um permanently and now you know now she's moved to Austin so she's someone that we're all you know eager to play with all the time um so as much as we can anyway um so you know the thing about um poison is it, with this particular team they have a hard time I think playing together often given they're all from all over even if they were intending to play together as this roster for all of the other rounds um, I think it would have been hard for them to really gel as a team um, it, just because they don't they wouldn't get a chance to play together all the time like maybe the other teams would. Now, assuming that, um, so I know Katrina uh, Hillman, she played on Poison for 2019. Yeah. And because I didn't see her here, I'm guessing that she was one of those that was going to kind of take the year off. Right. She decided not to play. Mm -hmm. um, and then one thing I did kind of note it down as um, you were kind of talking through Poison there, um, Alicia, um, I don't know how to pronounce her last name. Wang. Wang, that's it. You got it. <laughs> um, but I know that she was going to play on Poison, but obviously she, I don't think she was ready yet coming back from her injury. Uh, broke my heart when that happened at Nationals. But Alicia, I'm glad to see that you're playing again and you're doing well. Um, but she was also was on Poison previously, and I believe she was going to play on Poison for 2020 if she was able to. So we probably would have seen her later on yep. uh, in the season in the other rounds. But yeah, like that's one thing that I definitely noticed with Poison uh, in 2019 is that they do have a lot of talent. Um, I think, like you said, that chemistry was kind of a bit of their issue before because um, it was kind of one of those things where, uh, so in obviously years prior, it was kind of like WMD and Chaos were fighting for the championships and Poison was kind of taking third. But watching how they play, watching how you play against some of the teams, it was kind of surprising that they weren't getting to where they were in the finals. Right. Um, right. That's in part um, because, as I mentioned, they, they kind of were the team that had people added when mm -hmm. people play. So I, I'm not going to say it's less of a 
commitment. I think they had a lot of committed people, but they also had people who weren't committed, just they, they would play when they could. And so um, that hurt them that, and their ability to develop as a team to, you know, even just develop the fundamental skills sometimes that's hard if you're not playing consistently. And so um, I think they struggled from some of that, but, you know, again, what I, what I know from them is where they struggled with maybe some of the ability to develop further they had heart and spirit. Right. And so I think that got them a long way, right. They had, Mm -hmm. they can throw, they can catch, you know, here and there, of course, and their spirit and willingness to like encourage each other and um, keep going. um, Even when, you know, the match may have been a challenging one um, that got them a lot farther, you know, than if they didn't have that attitude. Definitely. And that's something that I always kind of live by is positivity whilst you're playing. It's, it's a big thing. Like I've played on teams, Justin, I played with you on a team power Lords. That was the definition of that negativity can destroy a team and make sure that you don't play very well. And we had both hundred percent because of the negativities, <laughs> but it's definitely positivity can be a huge thing. Like you might not necessarily be, like a team that has the strongest arms or like the best catchers. But if you're able to kind of get over that mental aspect of playing the sport, that makes you a better player than some of the people that could probably throw like 10 miles per hour faster than you or that sort of thing. Um, So it's kind of your mentality and attitude towards the game helps a lot. And you could see that a lot with Poison and how they played. Um, I know at nationals, they were kind of cheering each other on a bit. And like when there was a scenario where they probably lost a game that they shouldn't have lost to, they kind of saw this as a learning opportunity and was kind of developing on from that rather than thinking about it negatively. Even though they do have some returning players and um, so they're more experienced with the team at the same time, like you're saying, it's the new addition of these other players kind of coming in. I know mailing goes everywhere. So I know yep. that she's pretty good to like slot into different teams. Malin so, came out to Jersey or came out to Pennsylvania two weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, I saw that. But she and she played with I think it was Jen and Alicia Matt, that had come yeah, out. They came together. So they were kind of the a South team. So it it's things like that. Like uh, they do have the talent, but that is kind of the thing of will that cohesion kind of work out for them? Right. Um, that I think that is the the hardest thing for this poison team. Even Becca, who is that a primarily a Fort Worth person um, has been doing the traveling PT thing um, for the past year. Um, and so she's not here either, right? Um, so even, even her being the lead of this team, um, she just, they wouldn't have been able to play together very often, right? And even, I think Brittany and Juana are the closest together, um, but, you know, I don't know, it, it just would have been hard for this team to gel. Um, and that would have been their biggest hurdle. So what do you think, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I think what you guys are saying is, is correct. It's hard, unless you have a team where you have like three or four players that are all sort of centrally located and they can sort of practice, then you throw in two or three other players. When the entire team is like, it doesn't seem like anyone is in the same place, right? We're talking maybe Brittany and Juan are sort of in the same place. Um, it, it just becomes really hard to, to get any cohesion, any sort of understanding of how to play together style-wise. You know, I feel like this is a type of team that 
would spend most of the day trying to sort of figure out how to play together and hopefully comes together in playoffs. Um, and that's really hard. Yeah, and I think that would have improved, you know, in rounds two and three, of course, and hopefully, you know, they would have had the chance to play maybe non, um, you know, non round tournaments too, um, as a team, like if, if I were leading that team, that's what I would have tried to put together. So, um, again, we're talking all hypothetical here, but, um, you know, they may have been able to, to pull it off and, and they do have a lot of really decent talent on their team. Right. So if they could get that chemistry together, um, then, then they could definitely be a competitor. Listen, Marie, we only have hypothetical. Don't knock it. It's all we can talk <laughs> about, okay? Fair enough. This is the hypothetical, hypothetical national championship we're talking about here. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> but I think that's kind of um, a good rundown of the teams, kind of going into the detail more. So now we can kind of get into the fun aspect of it, which is how we think they would have ranked and who would have made it to nationals. Um, so I think we can all admit that Lone Star is definitely at least in the top three, whether we're, where we put them or not is another question, but we can just move I them th in. I had the them as three. my ranking seeding first. Yep. I agree with that. Um, I would agree. So you can put Lone Star up there as seeding first. And now it's, this is where I think it's kind of, we can kind of get into it a bit more. Because there's things where it's like, oh, you do have new teams, but you also have talent and like how they did do at South round one does play into a, a big factor of it. Like I know that you were saying that outsiders, like you were not expecting to like make it to the finals in, and like, I do feel like foam um, and nosing are a good trans transitional if you kind yeah. of compare the two. Um, but you were saying that you guys, didn't expect to kind of make it to the finals, especially because you're a new team, um, younger players that are less experienced kind of coming into it too. Mm -hmm. um, but where would, what would be your second team, Marie? <laughs> so this, this is a hard um, question to answer because I know we've said, or at least you did with, um, you know, the, the men's um, piece that everybody's healthy, but that's not the reality of these teams. Right. Um, yeah. And then I, in 2020, I would have been out the rest of the year. That's not even an, an option for outsiders. And so um, the reality is, um, we, I, like, I have to take that into consideration. Um, I played really well that day and better than I thought I would. Um, and so that helped our team get further and with me not being there in the last two rounds I don't know how the team you know would have done um ideally we would have had someone else come in and you know so it's like how do we how do we account for the injury same thing for poison with Alicia she would have been a, a big element of that team um but she wasn't ready to play um at least for the first round, maybe not for the other two rounds It kind of, you know, watching her progress. I don't know when she would have been able to come back in the season. And, and that's just a reality of those rosters. So um, those were existing, like, it, you know, I think we have to take those into consideration because those were actual existing injuries yeah. in place, right? not thinking 
somebody who could have gotten injured in the season. Um, so, uh, gosh, I don't know. It's hard to say since outsiders did so well in that one, I think they would have to be there. Um, but <laughs> I don't know how it's to, like how to pack these things in. How do you feel, Justin? I, don't know, I, I mean, I think Marie's right. We have to sort of factor in her injury, but I, we also have not been factoring in injuries as well in the other tournaments. So I don't know if it's really fair to factor hers in. I think the fact that they won or came in second in foam, had a chance to win foam. And with the, the downsides we talked about with Hellcat and Poison and the fact that Outsiders is one of the only teams that is definitively going to practice together and I think would only get better considering you have a 16-year-old and a 14-year-old who are just starting to play and are going to be brought up in the outsider system and understand sort of how to play. And Desi has been around. I think you guys would just have gotten better throughout the season. So I, I think that you guys are at least in the top three, in my opinion. I think it's Poison and Hellcats that we would have to discuss for the third spot. What do you think? That's that's what I think too. Um, I think obviously if we're okay, if you're out the rest of the season, I think that's definitely going to affect outsiders yeah. because you're taking away someone else that's a leadership role. And then were things that you were saying that players like Heidi coming in, um, or you you said it was Chile that was coming from Canada. Yep. Um, and so having those that were kind of coming in but not going to be there for every round that it does help your team but your overall guidance of your team um is between you and Kathy and if it is obviously we're trying to say like oh we don't want to factor injuries into it but like that is something that if anything were to happen that is a downside to the outsiders team like mm -hmm. I do think that you still as the season would have gone like Justin said that you definitely would have made in the top three um, just because I think that it shows a lot of growth that your team kind of went that far um, for the first round playing together and everyone's going to be around everyone, family, friends, <laughs> all close to each other and learning from um, other experienced players that I do think that as this, the season would have gone on, you would have grown and developed um, and like, if we're talking about points wise, like gotten points enough to make in the top three. Um, but I, the only downside, like I was saying that I see to outsiders is because it's kind of just you and Kathy that are more experienced players. And then yep. if you did have some more traveling players. So like I personally, I had outsiders listed as the third ranking just because of that. Um, because it was like, oh, I, I know that you could take it to the second place, but if you had that more consistency players of just like another experienced players that could help with the team, because it's, if it's, you guys are going to be targeted first is what I'm thinking if other teams playing, because you're the bigger threat. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, once you're out or off the court, how does this team kind of pull through the game yep. with that experience? So, and this is where it's hard because it's like, oh, Hellcats, I do think that their talent has increased compared to uh, on the, in the last season. 
Um, but I know what we were saying, a part of their biggest thing was even though they're all in the same area, how are they going to play together? How are they going to have that chemistry together? And I feel right. like Poison would have a better chemistry. Poison's overall talent and just individuals is higher mm -hmm. than Hellcats. Like, I mean, if you're just going down the line, I would say Poison has more talented players than yes. Hellcats does. Yes. Well, I think, and this is probably where it comes to the um, attitude that I was talking about earlier, right? Um, and the fun aspect uh, that this team brings to the table. Um, they have more of that, I think, than um, Hellcats does, at least coming into it, right? We only saw one round. So um, I, I think that that actually could be that deciding factor that makes it easier for them to gel as a team um, compared to, to the others. Um, and I'll admit it's a little unfair because I don't know the other people and the players nearly as much. Um, but going off of previous experience with five of the eight on Hellcats, I do think that Poison has much more potential to, um, you know, gel as a team um, and bring that positive attitude that gets them further than maybe Hellcats does. Yeah, and, th and that's something that, like, if we're kind of looking at the 2020 south team list and the 2019 south team list and looking at rankings and standings it was pretty much where envy was kind of the last place in the fourth round poison had took the third place um i know in one of the rounds you also had the addition of i think it was like a center as a team so you could have had additional teams kind of join and turn up to these rounds but they wouldn't have had the points to kind of um make it any further um, but if we're kind of looking at those teams I do feel like this year we would have seen more of a challenge for those spots um, mm -hmm. but I do think that's why I'm saying like oh with the outro team like I do think if you're able to have some other talented players like like you're saying about Haichu like consistently coming or experienced players like in Chile coming too that will help you guys and only grow more so that's why I was saying that I do feel like Poison deserves to be in the top three. You guys deserve to be in the top three, but I think that's kind of what differentiates differentiates um, between the ranking between the two. Like, I think it would be a fight for it. It wouldn't just be like, this team's going to get first, this team's going to get second, this team's going to get third. Um, yeah, and I, hey, you know, if, if we do look at 2018 and 2019, um, Poison in most rounds, was the third seed um, next to WMD and Chaos, right? Um, and so I think that that says something about the team, even if it's, you know, you, even if the roster is a little bit different, I, I, I do think that that um, kind of gives us a vision to what it could be in 2020. So I think that's, we've got our rankings. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Justin, kind of go through the list. So we have Lone Star is our one seed, Poison is our two, and Outsiders is our three, and Hellcats just missing out. And so. um, who did we pick for who was going to be the South? Uh, the bracket? South four seed was going to be, I believe, the... Was it Harry Curry? Yeah, which is interesting because it's... 
Yeah, that's uh, Mei Ling's <laughs> team. <laughs> and Tina is also and on that team. You're right, yeah. yeah. But we know that Tina wasn't going to be on the Nationals team, so that's why we had put her carry down. Um, mm -hmm. But this is something that now when we get into Nationals and kind of go through the Nationals bracket, we'll definitely be highlighting players that we know wouldn't be playing on those teams regionally and kind of at Nationals, and that would affect how they would perform. Well, and I would say, like, if we're taking that consideration and Mei Ling would be playing on that team and not therefore poison um I think that may change my answer yeah. too on who yeah. would be Mei yeah. Ling makes a big difference to the talent of that team yeah and, and that's, that's why it's like oh I think well. yeah and it's like it's it's that scenario where it's like okay I think her playing on that team if she's playing there every round then that's gonna affect them when it comes to the rankings for how they'll do regionally, but then at nationals, it might be a different story if she's yeah. playing with this other team. Um, so we'll have to see that when we cover round <laughs> one, na women's nationals, hypothetical, hypothetical tournament. <laughs> it's another thing I was gonna say about outsiders is like the nice thing about your team is you know that those people on your team are gonna be your team for a while. You know, like right. a lot of teams, we talked about it in the East, you know, a new girl will come in or a new woman will come in and she'll be really good. And suddenly the next year she's on a different team because right. one of the better teams sort of poaches her. There's going to be no poaching of Aurora or Desi right. or Kate. Like those girls, they're your daughters and they're going to be on your team. You know, like there's going to be some, some real civil issues if they switch teams. <laughs> right there. Yeah. You can't have your phone if you go on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and somewhere new to sleep if you're switching teams oh. <laughs> so no, but i think that's something to say about your team growing for going forward and, yes uh, definitely yep definitely. i'm definitely excited to see how they how they improve over the next couple of years yeah and then yeah. you guys know that uh we had that additional change to this doesn't affect this is a separate conversation it doesn't really affect <laughs> talking about but now Val is a partial outsider right she uh she oh yes him <laughs> with one of our folks so um you know if we can ever pull her over to the women's team and join the outsider she perfectly belongs there too yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> you're like come on you gotta you gotta come now <laughs> one of us yeah. even if yeah. she's like else she'll always be one of us now yeah <laughs> This was good. I, it was nice kind of talking through the South teams again. I always loved playing um, in the South. I know that one thing that we were trying to do um, now, I told Justin before, this is like officially one year anniversary of living in Denver. And one thing that Denver is trying to do is bring the South team um, mm -hmm. to come out to the South. Cause I know that they kind of love the attitude um, from what they team experience name is, of is the insiders. <laughs> no <laughs> but um because so i know for open uh denver was going to bring two teams for whenever the season was going to start back after the pandemic and we were going to have um so one team from bgl and then the other ones made from some other bgl players on our team that alfred and i was going to make which was elevation and we were going to try and get enough women to make another women's team. And I was like, BGL oh, it'd be so their, much fun. Is their local league, just in case you don't That'd know what be... it is. Yes. <laughs> Varsity Gay League, Denver. <laughs> but yeah, so we could help get another women's team out. And that would be Denver women coming to play. 
Yeah, we heard Denver would bring, um, you know, some teams. And so that's definitely something that we've been looking forward to. Yeah. yeah I think it's interesting. It's like the South is such, is, is arguably the biggest region in terms of land mass. I think it is. Um, yeah. Maybe the East, maybe the East is bigger, but it's really just like two little po- It's two pockets, you know, it's like Dallas, Fort Worth, and then New Orleans is where the majority of the teams come from. Like, right. I guess there was like that. There's like the one Oklahoma team, a, a town. I think they're from Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. And then I guess there's like, sometimes there'll be like a team that'll show up from like Austin or a team that'll show up from Houston, depending on where rounds are, but they're not consistently there all the time. Yeah. And we've had, you know, a team coming from um, Memphis, definitely, right. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have like a dodgeball scene it's literally that team um that comes out and plays and has for you know a long time but we're not going to get a women's team out of them or anything like that because there's not a a center of dodgeball out there so um i think we have some potential to continue to grow you know one thing that's happening in dallas is um we're moving aside from the pandemic there was a tornado you know dallas was hit by um, some really bad tornadoes uh and I guess the end of 2018, and that destroyed our original or our normal um, play in center in Dallas, the, the recreation center that we play in. Um, and so we've had to look as pan- the, the pandemic has um, kind of opened things up a little bit uh, for a new venue. And the new venue is in a different region of Dallas. Um, so that could potentially bring in new players. Um, also, Outsiders is like five minutes away, so we're all really excited about that. <laughs> you like, guys don't yes. have like a complex in the backyard. I mean, yeah, <laughs> like for ourselves, but yeah. no. Uh, but I think it, it could potentially change, you know, the the people who are coming out, whatnot, and it could give us a chance to grow, given it's a different you know area of Dallas that that would be able to play. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Very interesting. All right. Well, that wraps up our South region. Jenny, do you have the west and the east regions available just so we can yes. go through the 16 teams do you want to list off the 16 total teams yes sure thing so for the south we said we have lone star poison outsiders and then we will have harakiri from the west as the fourth spot um so from the west we have finesse pride blackout and fembots representing the west coast what is the north that is also west coast and north coast uh, is invasion, Aztecs, LFG, and power. And then on the east coast, we have Royale, Venom, Illusion, and Frenzy. So we got so, 16. <laughs> so I think a couple of days after we air this pod, we'll come out with the bracket uh, so that we can mm-hmm. get everyone starting to look at the bracket and give us their opinions. Jenny will make it look really nice because she's much better at Photoshop than I am or Illustrator. <laughs> oh, uh, thank you. Not too much pressure. Okay. Well, it's going to be better than what I was going to do. So <laughs> that's just a fact. So that'll be the next thing that we'll see for our mock mock national women's championship. So it's exciting. We're finally, we're finally at the national stage. Now we only have like 16 more pods. Yeah, to crown a champion. Yeah, just got just got a couple more per round. But yeah, but it's nice. I know, especially too, and kind of approaching the women's teams is that there's obviously significantly less women's teams than there are open teams and in other divisions. So it's nice that we kind of get this chance to go a bit 
deeper into the teams is particularly when we kind of talk about the South reason. We're not just kind of glancing over like 16 teams trying to get through the list and making sure it's not too long. Um, so it's nice that we're actually kind of, it's, it's opening people's eyes to women in dodgeball and learning more about players. Like I've already had some West Coast players reach out being like, oh, like I really enjoyed the East Coast podcast and learning more about this East Coast. And then that we've had multiple players like, when is the South episode airing? What is it airing? <laughs> and like part of that is due to my fault. I've had a lot of life things change to where scheduling's been hard, but we've managed to do it. We've rounded out the regions and then we're gonna hit the nationals running. So thank you for Marie for coming on. Yeah, <laughs> it's been great having you. <laughs> yeah, it's been awesome. I know we've sort of scheduled this like four times. So yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> so been, nice to find it. it's been nice to actually do it. Absolutely. And now you just got to schedule out like another 10 times to do the nationals one. So yep, yep, there you yep. Go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like smiling faces. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, we'll end the podcast there. Woo-hoo. We did it. <laughs>